Welcome to The Public Good, a weekly radio show and podcast brought to you by Partnership for the Public Good. Each week, we discuss important issues affecting the Buffalo Niagara region, from community benefits agreements to the foster care system to arts initiatives. Our guests span from PPG partners, elected officials, community leaders, and more. Our show is produced by Central Smith of WUFO, Power 96.5 FM, and Mix 1080 AM, with production support by me, Anna Blotto, research associate at PPG. The episode airs live on WUFO on Tuesdays at 10.30 AM. The United States has the highest maternal mortality rate among developed nations. Disparities are stark, with Black and Native American women facing rates up to three times higher than non-Hispanic whites. To address these issues, the Biden administration is prioritizing Black maternal health and designates April 11th to 17th as Black Maternal Health Awareness Week. Locally, the Buffalo Prenatal Perinatal Network, or BPPN, empowers families through education, support, advocacy, and connecting them to resources in Western New York. Our guests, Luann Brown, CEO, and Cheryl Clark, Home Visiting Supervisor, share insights into BPPN's important work. Hello and welcome to The Public Good. This is Andrea O'Sullivan from Partnership for the Public Good, or PPG, which unites over 365 community organizations working to build a better Buffalo. We're delighted to join you every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. on Power 96.5 FM and Mix 1080 a.m. You can always watch video of every show on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ppgbuffalo. Our guests this week, we're delighted to welcome Luann Brown, CEO of Buffalo Prenatal Perinatal Network, and Cheryl Clark, who is a home visiting supervisor at Buffalo Prenatal Perinatal Network. Thank you, Luann and Cheryl, for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you, Andrea. Um, and we are here uh, to talk about all of your work, um, but we're coming together now because in April, the United States marks Black Maternal Health Awareness Week, and you had activities to mark that here in Buffalo, which we'd love to hear about, and I'm sure all of the themes of that week are just part of your work every day of the year. Yes, they are. Thanks, Andrea. So, yes, so we actually had a press release, a conference in, in April, but Maternal mortality is a very top-of-mind mm. issue right now. I always say I think a lot of it was instituted because of Serena Williams and the issues she had when she mm. delivered her baby. But for black women, they are three to five times more likely to have mortality or morbidity with their deliveries, which is very frightening. Um, they usually say that maternal health is the kind of um, indicator for world health. Mm. So when your maternal health is not good, that's not a great that's not a great figure for us to have. Um, the Healthy People's 2030 goal, which is from CDC, they actually want us to have 15.7 per 100,000 live births. Um, we had 20.3 in Erie County, and that was in, through 16 through 18. So we're obviously not where we want to be. And that 20.3 is like the rate of mothers in Erie County passing away in childbirth. Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, one of the things that came out when uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo was in, when he did a whole women's agenda, and one of the things they did do was they did a maternal mortality review board and they sent their first report out, which was from 2018, so it's a little dated. But um, in that report, you know, the majority of the moms that, that passed away 
were African-American. Um, most of them occurred more than a week after the delivery, which is interesting. This is like a postpartum period. With black women, it tends to be heart conditions. Hispanic women tends to be, and white women tend to be mental health issues. And Asian women, it tends to be hemorrhage, which is interesting. Mm. The other interesting thing is that they've shown is that black women in the United States compared to black women like who emigrate from Africa, mm. the black women who emigrate from Africa still have better outcomes, which the um, they they attribute that to the the constant racism that black women mm. experience and that weathers, they call it weathering, it, it, it wears on them. Um, they also have shown that education and income don't really impact. So a black woman who is college educated and is in a good economic situation will still have a worse outcome than a white high school graduate. So that kind of mm. attributes it to. Right. Yeah. So um, most of the women had Medicaid. I said that. Um, and the sad thing is that they, when they did the reviews, there were 47 women that died in 18 in New York. Um, 78% of them were preventable when they analyzed the, the course. Wow. And they also said that discrimination was responsible or a factor in like 46% of them. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so this week, every April, you know, brings all this to bear for us to discuss. Right. Um, and Luann, you mentioned Serena Williams had the, the famous uh, story of, mm. you know, her own concerns and her own warnings from her body. Such an athlete obviously mm. has a sense of what's going on, right. um, being dismissed, ignored. And so much of this research tells us that's what um, black women experience in hospital settings. I had not heard that piece about immigrant mm -hmm. black women um, versus yeah. yeah, native born Americans. Um, but that is just right. amazing when you think of the language barriers, the language right. access issues for immigrants that they're being heard and understood no. still at a better level. No, and they actually just just like about a month ago, they came out with some numbers from 2021, which are even more frightening because they said there that um, black women were 69.9%. That was their percentage versus 26.6 for white women. So this is like for post-COVID. A lot of mm. bad things happened during COVID, and that was one of the things that increased. And then, um, you know, I think so much of your work that we'll hear about today uh, focuses on these the hospital setting, too, um, mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, getting through the birth, the labor. Um, and then I know other parts of your work make up the continued maternal health piece, uh, right. making sure that mothers have access to safe and stable housing, knowing that those systems inequities uh, do affect mother and child health. Uh, you know, Absolutely. when we think of lead and access mm -hmm. to water and pollution and nutrition. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Because that's one of the things that we do. Um, you know, my, the staff is not clinical people. They're community health workers and family support specialists. So they're there are people from the communities they serve. Um, so we, we serve primarily African-American and Hispanic moms, primarily east and west side, although Cheryl's program does go out a little further. They do South Buffalo, Chitawaga, Lackawanna, a little bit of Hamburg, a little bit of Tonawanda. Mm. But the social determinants of health are a huge factor with our moms, and we spend a lot of time on 
you know, it's it's kind of hard to talk to people about health goals when they don't know where they're sleeping that night or they don't have food for their kids. And so you kind of have to deal with that stuff first. Mm. And Cheryl, let's hear a little bit about that. You're uh, BPPN's home visiting supervisor. So yes. what is that program? I, I know a little bit from working with you all that you do this just an incredible work of supporting mothers in their homes. Yes. Um, the home visiting program involves helping mom access what's in their community to get her and her family needs met. We Mm. have a parenting component. We have a a structured curriculum. We have um, home visitors after we initially enroll them go out into the communities and help moms. What my program does, though, we see people at the start. We engage them in the community. We get the referral coming in. And we give them a call and um, kind of see where they're at and what their needs are met, are, needs they have to meet. Because, like Luann said, if you're worrying about where you're going to sleep, you don't have enough to eat, um, you're not really going to be worried about a program where somebody comes to visit you every week. Mm. You need those needs met. So we start right away asking what's your most urgent need, you know, tell you about the program. We want to romance you a little bit to keep you interested so that you you do enroll in our program. And we let them know we want to take some of the stressors off of parenting. We want to make sure your family's needs are met. The social aspect where you can talk to your home visitor. We're not coming in telling you how to parent. We're giving you resources and information. And if you have things you want to brainstorm about, we're going to talk about those things. But we want to bring everything together. We want to make sure that you have a pediatrician and an obstetrician Mm. because we want you to be healthy from the start. When we're enrolling you in our program, you talk to us about transportation. We have Go Buffalo Mom. We can hook people up with Medicaid transportation Mm. or even if they needed a bus pass. But we want you to be able to go to the doctor. We want you to have someone for social support. We, we want you to make sure you have enough food. So, you know, are you connected with WIC or SNAP? Um, do you live in a safe home? Like Luann was saying, a lot of our moms lived in substandard housing and, Are you in a domestic violence relationship? Um, Mental health, that's a big thing with a lot of our moms. But the daily survival mode, you're not getting your needs met Mm. for health care or for mental health. But we can try to bring all those links together with um, our program. Um, Lactation support, Mm. doulas. A lot of our moms never heard of a birth plan. Mm. So we want to provide that education to empower our moms so that they can See, we want to point out your strengths to you, too. See where you're you're resilient. And those need areas where you need a little extra help. Um, We we can help you find that in in, in our living community. And, you know, just try to take care of each other. Keep an eye on each Mm. other. And, yeah, it's so valuable um, to have that community of knowledge to be able to talk through mm-hmm. what in the world is going on when you're pregnant or when you have that new baby. Um, I have a one-year-old at home and there are so many, it's like stepping into a whole new world. There are so many questions in that first year. What do I feed this child? How come they won't sleep? Exactly. Wow, well, we have to go to the doctor this often? You know, it's just this constant mm-hmm. set of questions. Um, so I know other countries, right, that have the wealth that the United States have. Um, every new mom will get maybe a handful of home visits from a midwife uh-huh. or yes. a community nurse 
we don't have that in the U.S., so it's almost like you yeah. all are filling that mm-hmm. gap. Yeah, right. yeah. There are home visiting the nursing programs. I mm. think is it Catholic Health? Yeah, Nurse Family Partnership. And, and a lot of moms are going home because they have preemies or they have a health problem. They'll get a visiting nurse for a, a, a short period. But you're right. Um, I was talking more about parenting, but we also talk about basic baby care. Mm. We talk about nutrition, um, having a point person to keep an eye on you, like while you're pregnant, but those that fourth trimester after you give birth that's such an important period for your healing mm-hmm. bonding with your baby um feeding your baby uh whether you're breastfeeding or formula feeding you may run into issues and mm. you need support so right. that's a crucial time to have someone right COVID, there were so many lonely moms. Mm. Oh, my God. They were so lonely because they were alone being pregnant and didn't want to get COVID. Or they had small children, and they were away from their partners or family. Mm. And, you know, you had to stay away because grandma has a health condition. Oh, it's and so hard to so, be alone in those times. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's it was, it was hard. really hard. Yeah. And Luann, do you want to tell us? Sorry, go ahead. But more about the community health workers' role in all this too. Yeah, I was. I was going to mention with Cheryl's the Healthy Families New York program, um, and they have very like excellent outcomes. I mean, because they stay with them until the child's five, so they have a really long relationship with the with the with the family. Wow. They never want to leave us, right, Cheryl? Right. They do. <laughs> um, and the interesting thing you mentioned about the other, like Sweden has a very low, low mm. maternal mortality rate, and they attribute it to the fact that that they have universal health care with very low out-of-pocket out cost. Um, midwives deliver most of their babies, and not only in Sweden, but in a lot of Europe. Um, they have long paid leaves, and they also have subsidized child care. Mm. So there's things that they do. Yes. So... Similar to um, Healthy Families New York program. So the other program we have is our Community Health Worker program, which is the same population, but they're looking more like they're looking for the woman that's not connected to the system. So where these guys would sit in the prenatal clinic waiting area like mm-hmm. and, and find, so they, we know they have health insurance. These are moms that they go out and do street outreach or they go to the train stations or the bus stations and find. We had a mom last year that was living in her car with her two-year-old. Mm. And she would have enough. And she was worked as a nurse's aide. She was working, but she would, did not have enough money. So she would, you know, go to a hotel for a couple of weeks till her money ran out. Then she'd go back and living in the car. We just got her an apartment. but mm. So that's the kind of woman they're looking for. But same population as Cheryl's yes. clients. Mm-hmm. So they do the same thing. When they first meet with them, they're doing health insurance, a provider, um, making sure they have a primary care provider, which is also very important. Sometimes, you know, women think that their OB is their primary care doc, mm. and that's not you need to have a primary care doc. But then they work on all the social determinants of health. And that program, they can stay for two years in that program. Both healthy families and community health worker. We do everything in the homes, and it's all free and it's voluntary. Right. But we do do support groups at the agencies. So that's the time when the moms will come in. So both of the uh, programs have breastfeeding support groups. Um Healthy Families does educational sessions every month, like on different topics, whatever they think that moms might be interested in. Um, because both the programs, and Cheryl mentioned, we screen for depression, substance abuse, and domestic violence. We found, and it started in Community Health Worker, but we're actually going to be starting a program with Healthy Families now. We found a lot of our moms that were testing positive for depression. 
And, you know, it's very common in African-American um, and women in general, 35% of women have postpartum depression, but it's a, a stigma, not only with black women and Hispanic, but it's really high with black women and Hispanic, the stigma of, of mental health. So what we did is we contracted with a behavioral health agency and we brought a person in to do a session at our agency. So the moms got comfortable because they don't want to go to a formal counselor because they're afraid someone's going to take the baby away. Mm. So they get comfortable with this counselor, and then they go. Our goal is to get them individual counseling because that's what they need to do. So that's been really successful, and they have the same issues in healthy families. So we're just about ready to kick off a new session for them. Um, so that's what they do, and we've got both women's programs. We have very good outcomes as far as initiation into prenatal care, postpartum visits, immunizations, well-child visits, smoking cessation, breastfeeding. Um, and I'm going to let Cheryl talk about breastfeeding in a minute. So that's, we do that. And then we also have our new program, which is our fatherhood program, mm. which um, we started a couple years ago because I felt like we were missing the boat, not having the dads involved because dads are important. Mm. Research has shown when there's not a father or a father figure that good things do not happen. There's increased drug use, increased criminal justice involvement, teen pregnancy. It just goes on and on. So this is a, um, they have do different things, but one of the things they do is a is a evidence-based curriculum called Nurturing Fathers, which is, actually it's down to six weeks now because they're doing it um, twice a week. And they talk to the dads about their history, their own history, because we find a lot of these dads did not, their fathers were not out of the picture, and they want to do better. But then they also talk about engaging their child, disciplining their child, co-parenting, which is huge, because we find a lot of our moms maybe or the dads are not with the moms anymore in a relationship but they still have a child together so it's been a really great program um the dads love it i think it's a safe space for them to talk about things that you know they're not going to talk at the bar and work with their friends about their kids mm. that just doesn't happen but in this group they feel very safe about doing that so that's a program that we also offer. And then um, Shannon Johns was going to be on and talk about doulas, but um, I'll, I'm just going to pinch it for her here. <laughs> so we actually do have a couple doulas at Buffalo Prenatal, but Shannon runs the Calming Nature Doula Program. So a doula, for those of you who don't know, is a non-clinical person that basically provides support to moms prenatally, during labor and birth, and postpartum. Again, they're not nurses. They're clinical people. They just provide that extra support, that extra advocacy. So doulas are very popular um, and growing more popular in, in Erie County. We had a pilot. Um, we were actually the only county that had a pilot where they're actually getting paid to do this now. And hopefully, if the budget gets passed, um, they will be actually increasing their rate because the rate they gave them was not really livable wages. Mm. Um, but doulas are another great support. When you talk about things to help with maternal mortality, that's one of the things that helps because you got somebody that's advocating for you, that's watching out for you, that um, knows the warning signs that can tell you. So that's another another positive thing is with doulas. And then breastfeeding, which I'm going to let Cheryl talk about because she's my breastfeeding expert here. <laughs> but breastfeeding is also a very positive impact um, on the baby and on the family. So, Cheryl, yes. go ahead. Yes, and every everything is connected, you know, 
from the time that you have your your village um, in the prenatal period, if you can get a doula, learn what a birth plan is. Information is power. Mm. So we're all working together, the fatherhood program and everything so that hopefully, you know, people will have better outcomes. They'll have the information, you know, that they need to navigate you know, navigate the community to get their needs met. So, but um, I'm a certified lactation counselor or CLC. I got my training with WIC and with personal experience. Mm. So um, we we try to kind of bridge that gap with that information for moms. We actually ha- have a baby cafe at Buffalo Prenatal. Mm-hmm. And every couple of weeks, I believe it's every two weeks or so, we're going to get back on our schedule where we have it open to the community where you can come in and get that breastfeeding support, talk to other moms, have a good meal. And we'll do things like we'll have Sally. What's the name of her agency again? Sally Gower. Gower. Yeah, she's uh, a nutritionist. Right. Mm -hmm. And she comes in and she does cooking demonstrations. Mm. Um, Even... If it comes to baby food or anything like that, you want to make your own baby food. Um, we go, we run the topics based by what the mom is interested in. So, but we want moms to know. However, you feed your baby, this is a judgment-free zone. But we want you to have the information fully about breastfeeding and about formula feeding. Mm. Okay, and we want you to be prepared whether you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding if there's a storm or something goes on or there's another shortage. So, you know, we can help brainstorm to to bring things together because we know your goal, you know, is to get your baby fed. Mm. If you're struggling breastfeeding, um, you can give us a call and um, we can we can help. We can talk you through things. We can refer you to WIC. We can refer you to the hospital lactation counselor. Uh, you can get some information on breastfeeding from your doula. And a lot of these modern moms are very uh, tech savvy, and and they will tell us, well, I have an app for this, an app for that. Mm, tracking on, everything. Yeah, so yeah. they actually, yeah. you know, with the technology at 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 hand, they're able to go on and, um, you know, learn about more about these topics. So, mm. you know, and learning how to freeze milk, uh, returning to work. Mm. Um, how do I talk to my boss about getting me an, an area, you know, all that yeah. to, to breastfeed. And you don't, you know, you don't want to have that fear of retribution, mm. you know, but a yeah. lot of our moms are, you know, uh, cutting breastfeeding short because they have to go back to work. I've thought that so much myself this year as a new mom. Um, you know, I'm in this office job where I can close the door, have yes. privacy, nobody's watching. But it's like it's it's hectic in the day to find, especially at the start, you're trying to do it three times in the workday. And I have thought so much about moms working as, say, home care nurses, working at Lowe's and CVS. I, I, it would be so hard yes. um, in those settings. So it's wonderful yeah. to be supporting folks. But, yeah, we really need workplace changes more yes. to be supportive of that. And yeah. knowledge of that because mm-hmm. a lot of moms don't know that you have recourse if somebody, you know, mm. tries to it's threaten you right and say you're going to fire mm-hmm. you yeah. because you need a, sp- a clean spot to, to pump. Yeah. Yeah. So right. we, we talk to moms about all, all of those things because the biggest thing is for us, we have the knowledge of community resources. A lot of moms, they know from word of mouth. But you want to put it all together so the quality of your life in your home is good because you connect it. 
you're getting your needs met, you're doing what you can for yourself, you have information, but you know where to get help, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can have good outcomes for your family, mm-hmm. you know, so. That's yeah. right. And I think the the, th- the beauty of the, the baby cafe and the support groups is that they see other moms breastfeeding. You know, there's still a stigma with black women about breastfeeding because it goes back to, you know, the South when they were on the plantations. And so we really have to encourage them. And once they see somebody else doing it, they're more likely to do it. And if they don't want to, that's fine. It's their choice, however they want to do it. I think, you know, the reason the program is successful, and I, you know, besides my wonderful staff who do really do a wonderful job, because it's it's hard to go to someone's home and gain their Mm. trust. But it's a very different experience. I think when, you know, you say I'm calling them on the phone, you know, sometimes they're embarrassed. They don't want to tell you that, you know, maybe they're living in this horrible apartment. But the fact that the staff is in the homes, it shows them I walk in and I see the the eight-month pregnant mom laying on the floor. Or I open the refrigerator and there's no food. It's a very different experience. Mm. And... um, You've mentioned so many programs and ways to support Mm -hmm. moms, dads, families. Um, So tell us if we have listeners um, who want to refer someone to you or want to join a baby cafe or the fatherhood Mm -hmm. program, how can they find you all? Sure. You can call us. Uh, The phone number at work is 716-884-6711. Or you can go on our website, which is www bppn.org and all the programs are listed if you're somebody that wants to refer somebody or you want to self-refer. So there are several ways you can get a hold of us. Very good. So check. Facebook, Twitter. Facebook and Twitter <laughs> yes, as we're well. On Facebook yes. And yes, we're on Facebook and Twitter. That's right. All right. And for folks listening, um, if you go to the PPG Facebook page, we'll put links to uh, Buffalo Prenatal Perinatal website and social media as well. And again, you can give them a call at 716 884 Um, So thank you so much, Luann Brown and Cheryl Clark from Buffalo Prenatal Perinatal Network for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And we will keep hoping and keep working together for continued uh, maternal health, improving maternal health in our our county, in our country as well. Um, This is Andrea O'Sullivan with Partnership for the Public Good, or PPG, which unites over 365 organizations working to build a better Buffalo. Join us again next week on Tuesdays on Power 96.5 for the public good, Tuesdays at 10.30 on Power 96.5 FM and Mix 1080 AM. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Public Good. Next week, our guests from Ujima Theater, Gabriella McKinley, Program Director, and Brian Brown, Managing Director, will talk about their upcoming play, Colored Water, which tells the story of a family's experience in the wake of the Flint water crisis. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.